Alhamdulillah Allah's ni'mat and favours upon us and always a reminder for myself Ana abdukul ajeez wa da'eef wa miskeen wa zalim wa jahal and but for the grace of Allah we are still in existence and that to take a path in which to be nothing and always just a reminder for myself is in this life of testing that the analogy and the understanding is very important to understand and always remember. It's like when we go to school and we've said it many times but you never know when it may actually sink in. When we go to school and we get tested, the test doesn't come from the teacher. The teacher merely administers, administers the test. Means his responsibility is to teach the subject, give you the tools in which to understand that subject and watch over the testing so that no cheating. The test comes from the main office. In our spirituality and in our way towards Allah Allah Almighty is the one who brings the test and that no, no one can interfere with Allah's will. That has to be your basic understanding. Our basic understanding in Islam is Allah's will is everything, iradatullah and the amr of Allah are the commands which are to be obeyed. Means that our life is like that schoolroom that the tests are coming, it's not from the teacher. But the teacher's responsible to teach the subjects and to give us the tools. So when that test comes, we can successfully pass the test. Now if you didn't do your homework and you didn't live by those tools and every time you fail your test you become angry. You become angry with the teacher. For what? He's merely the one giving you the test. It's not from him that test. It's not his responsibility to make you pass. This is not about cheating. This is not about bribery. You can't go to the teacher at school and say, it's your responsibility to make me pass. Say, no, it's your responsibility to, s to study the subject. If you don't have a brain enough to study it, and you don't have a focus enough to study it, you don't have an interest enough to study it and to, um, to put all its tools into practice, that's your level of belief, that's your issue in life. You cannot take it out onto the teacher, you can't be angry at the teacher. Means then in our analogy then to understand all our testing in life, it's not the shaykhs that test anyone, they have no power. Allah is the one with power, Allah is the one with power. The shaykhs merely pray, the Ya Rabbi make it to be easy. If you're accepting anything from us Ya Rabbi just make it to be easy, make it to be easy. Have rahmah upon us, have mercy upon us Ya Rabbi. Means then our whole life is about how to pass that test. So then they give us all the tools that are necessary. 
means that the tafakkur, the ability to, to pray, to, to be firm in your prayers, to be given the knowledges and all of the teachings to bring your level of Islam up and rise and move towards the levels of Iman and Maqam al-Ihsan means these are all the tools and it requires a character like a rijal. When we say rijalullah, the men of God, it's men and women in the same pronoun. When Allah calling upon the men means they reach a state of maturity. So it's, it's not about only the, the masculine and feminine but more important is a state of maturity. That to reach to a state of maturity in which a man in the way of Allah it takes his practices serious. If you don't then this is your level of Islam that you're trying to reach, you're nowhere near the maqam al-iman. When you take your life serious means then all that you've been taught of your practices means your salah, your shahada, your zakah, your saum, your hajj, all of that given and on top all the other tools they gave of tafakkur and contemplation, the zikrs to tame the energies, every awrad that's been given, every zikr or recitation that's been given to bring the names of Allah upon the soul, to bring a peace and a coolness, the praisings upon Prophet to bring a nazar, to bring a, a gaze of that divinely light from Prophet to gaze upon us to make every fire to be cool and peaceful. These are the trainings. So when the Rijalullah <coughs> are rising in a state, their struggle is serious with them. They struggle hard against themselves against all odds, against all testing that come, they are in continuous struggle and their mind is working, their body is working and their soul is functioning. With that understanding means that every test they come they're in a tafakkur and contemplation that my Lord this test is coming and I don't want to become angry again because every time you fail you start back at square one. Because Allah wants something, He wants a degree, a darajat to be achieved. When we don't achieve that darajat and we go back into the childish character, not the manly character, not the mature character. The mature character understands that shaitan is playing with me and Rahman wants something from me, it's my responsibility to struggle. The first struggle is never to show that anger, never to show the anger that don't let that fire to overtake you and burn all your amal and all your hasanat. So they struggle very difficult against their anger, against all these characteristics so that their heart become like a beautific garden of fragrances and Divinely lights. <coughs> when that struggle is real, every action that they're doing is based on that maturity. Means that they want to improve themselves and they don't play with shaitan. They want to struggle against themselves and they want to continuously show Allah <coughs> that they understand it's a test 
and I have to win this test Ya Rabbi, I have to pass with my A and my B, preferably not a C, definitely not a D and nowhere near an F. So our life is a test, everything that coming and when the energy is getting very strong and the nights are getting very holy, you can believe with all your heart and soul tests will be coming. Because that's the time in which Allah wants to give a payday that He's going to send these tajallis and we have to understand in the world of light when the heavenly tajalli comes it's a jalali, it is a Allah's azimah. When that light begin to hit the soul everything false within that insan is going to be burned by these lights. Every bad character that is occupying that insan, those lights come like a fire. Like a fire from Divinely Presence, immediately ignite that insan and all their qadab and anger is coming from that. So another analogy for us to understand, it's like a bathtub filled with rats. When they have space, they're all in their own place. But if you take something and keep pushing these rats closer to each other, they begin to attack each other. Means that when these lights come, <coughs> it pushes every badness within us towards ourself. There's nowhere for the ego to hide inside the body, the lights are coming. As a result of these lights that come, they begin to thrash out, they begin to get angry. It's your own inner attack and all your own inner bad qualities coming out. That's what they call testing. They gave us all these teachings not for entertainment, although it was entertaining and lots of nice food, but for us to pass. As soon as I become angry, Ya Atif, Ya Rabbi, why am I becoming angry? I immediately have to go into my area where I pray and I meditate and I have to wash. And that nothing from the story of why I got angry is relevant. There's no excuse in this story. Oh, but this guy he bothered me. This one, they bothered me. This is not relevant for Allah Don't be lost in, in, in the different points of why you got angry. Don't give your ego any reason to justify but merely go back into your area of seclusion and salah and you begin to tafakkur. That Ya Rabbi let me to pass this. Then they remind you, go wash. As soon as you wash and make your two rakahs salatul wudu and begin to contemplate, Ya Rabbi send your light and your najat. Go into sajda, go into sujood and say, Ya Rabbi nobody can take this fire away but you. Don't let me to burn in this state Ya Rabbi. Means how many times pious people entered into states of crying where they cry all night that they're failing, they're failing, that these energies come and they become attacked. The anger comes, they become attacked, means that rijal, they understood and this is the greatest fight that you can fight. And that's what Prophet so you have to again imagine the people of tafakkur. You're talking about Walid ibn Khalid, huge Sahabi, big immense battles and Prophet is telling them, those were nothing. 
We're now entering into the great battles, Jihad al-Akbar. The great, the great Jihad. How many fought, fights they had, how many battles they had. And Prophet telling those companions, not telling only us, those fights nothing. Why? Because he's reminding when my physicality goes, you're going to be left with your belief. And the fighting against others is one thing, but to fight yourself when there is, there's no victory, there's no prize, there's no gold, there's no treasures, you're not going to grab anything, you're going to beat yourself and you're going to deface yourself and you're going to come against yourself and you're going to be humiliated. And all of that is testing and nobody wants humiliation, nobody wants to efface themselves. Nobody wants to, to give credit only to themselves, you're the bad one, you're the worst one. <coughs> Whatever you're hearing is only from you, Whatever you're feeling is only from you, efface and destroy yourself. And these are the characters of Rijalullah. They don't look to anyone else, they don't blame anyone else. They understood that my grave is for me. Allah is not going to ask about a story in the grave. Okay, so why you went around and you were grazing and yelling and, and you were doing all sorts of crazy characters. Now let's come and sit and talk. There's no talking at that time. The condition that you are in the grave, if it's of a fiery and angry nature and all you did was go around and spread your fire and, and put out your anger and show your anger to bad people, to good people and even worse to pious people. Why for Hajj no haram and every haram is a million times more counted. If you do haram on Hajj, it's called haramain, no haram. It's multiplied your haram by a million times. Awliya, they are haramain. When you're haram in their presence, it's like a million sayat is coming towards you. You have to keep yourself with your understanding. You want to be raised to Rijalullah or you want to be child. Child never progresses. And that's why when they come to tariqahs A and they sit amongst people and so you know I've been in this tariqah 25 years like it's a prison sentence. 25 years I know this shaykh, hey you can sit 50 years in that audience it doesn't mean you're going to be a doctor. If I go to the waiting room of my dad's office he's a doctor, a big doctor in Beverly Hills and I sit in his waiting room for 50 years he's not making me a doctor. I can sit there all I want. And I can talk to everybody who comes in the waiting room and give them all the false prescriptions because I heard all the, all the names of the medicines. And there are people who sit in the waiting room, there's all these characteristics, you got to rise. It's not a matter you sit in the waiting room, you have to be a, an insan that you wanted to come against yourself, you wanted to efface yourself, you wanted to struggle against yourself, you blamed everything only on yourself not on anyone else. What you didn't achieve was your problem. The loss of your mind, the loss of your body, the loss of your spiritual ability to rise. You have nobody to blame but yourself. If you take that path then you understand why they speak very humbly. The du'as, Ya Rabbi ana faqeer, I'm, I am, I am a, I'm a poor servant, I'm a kafir. At every moment I'm leaving my belief. 
I'm not thinking myself uh, anything big. Only Allah can raise us. We cannot raise ourselves by our thoughts and by what we want to put of titles, I'm related to this, I'm the Baba of this, I'm the uncle of this. These, these titles mean nothing. The only title that means anything to Allah have you been crushed? And did you cry to me that you're a kafir, you're a munafiq and that you're the worst of character? Only I can raise you with the right character. I can give you a title. If you face and come to me with nothing, because only at that time you have to recognize it. If you don't understand testing and you think you're great and everybody is wrong and everybody is talking about you and, and you're, you're, you're the shiny one and everyone's no. When I see everything and myself wrong and I begin to cry unto Allah and I say, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, Allah has to respond back, you're nothing but I'll raise you. You're nothing and I agree with you as nothing. But if I raise you, I shine upon you, I place the love of Sayyidina Muhammad to gaze upon you, you're everything to me at that time. But if I want to give myself a value and fail all my testing is of what value? So then they remind us, this is our life. Our life is about using these tools. And many people say, oh I had a dream of the shaykh. I saw him in a state and he was imperfect and he had shorts on and short hair and that's your state of imperfection because Prophet described the mu'min is a mirror to his brother. That when the shaykh wants to show your condition, you see his reflection upon you and it's not a perfected reflection because you're not a perfected person. So when you see the state is incorrect, this class is not about understanding who the teacher is. It's not about the teacher's grades, it's about the student's grades. It's not about understanding what's the darajat of the teacher, that's in Allah's hands, that's in Prophet's hands. What the darajat of that teacher has nothing to do with you, your life's path is what is your rank. And what are you achieving when the mu'min looks at you and you see back in perfection something's wrong in your practices, something's wrong in your belief, something's wrong in the way you carry the sunnah, the way you carry the sunnah within your heart and within your head and on upon your body. That the, the sunnah and the way of Prophet means everything, means your hijab, means your tasbih, means your siwak, means the, the, the head cover for the men, you carried by force in front of people, that's not a love and respect for Prophet and that's something you're doing it by force, no problem. But a mukhlas, everything they do is a sign of love. Every time they pray it's an act of love for Allah it's not an act by force. They want to wear and carry the sunnah to be revivers of Islam and the revivers of the sunnah of Prophet To show how much they love Sayyidina Muhammad to get the nazar of Prophet Not to do it and be ashamed of it in front of other people. They don't care at all for this dunya, they don't care for anything from this dunya. They're not interested in any of the things of this dunya. All the care is that Prophet be happy with them. 
if they carry themselves with that light and with that love, everything that they're doing is for the correct intention. That's why then these Rijalullah they give an example in our lives that they struggled hard against themselves. We talked the other night that the understanding's wrong especially in tariqah. I said, you drive around with no gas in your car. Oh alhamdulillah the shaykhs barakah we can get everywhere with no gas. Then you go into your home there's no supplies, us shaykhs barakah we, 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 we don't have to worry about anything. It's incorrect. This is not about the shaykhs barakah, this is about the maqam al-iman. This is about showing Allah you believe. You believe that this is a difficult life and you believe that you're rijal and that you're responsible for yourself, for your family, for your women, for your men, for your children. Could a rijal drive around with no gas in his car? And imagine something happened, we lived in Michigan, the power went out, 75 million homes, no electricity. You're driving, 75 million people, no electricity. How many people got stuck on the freeway with no gas? The children an hour away, they were running on empty, the power went out and they had no gas in their car. And all these cars on the side of the highway are parked. Could a rijal be caught in something like that? Allah won't look at you and be ashamed, what kind of a man of God are you? You didn't have enough belief to put gas in your car and keep your car always full in the event of a difficulty, a calamity, a tragedy. You go into your home and you have no food, you have no, nothing saved up for an emergency, for a difficulty. Say, no, no, I leave it upon the shaykh. No, no, your responsibility that's why they teach by their example. Look how they prepared. They have maybe $50,000 worth of food. Why? In case a day of difficulty comes. They prepared beyond, they prepared for their people, not only for themselves. The qurban came for Laylatul Bara, they're not waiting for people to think about Laylatul Bara, uh, should I save my family, should I not save my family, maybe this is not really an important night. Rijalullah, they are responsible for you and your family. They care more than your parents care about you because your parents didn't tell you to go buy your qurban. Their level of responsibility from Allah is something that you can't imagine. And they went and they got $2,500 worth of qurban meat. For what? That Allah be pleased with us. That Allah send whatever difficulty was going to come, come upon these poor creatures. This was their contract with Allah They take the difficulty, Allah raises their status and forgives us. There's a system at play. But they're not waiting for you to think and to one day have a aqal and wake up, oh maybe I should do something that will protect my life. The concept of being with shaykhs and awliya is that they are responsible and they teach by that example. Why? So that one day if you should rise up, to become a man of God, a mature person of Allah that you too care, care more than yourself, care for the people, care for the nation of Sayyidina Muhammad which includes every creation. Every creation Prophet is caring for them, otherwise why we do dawah? 
This is the love of Prophet Bring them all my love. I'm going to intercede for all of them. So then the Rijal are teaching. Who are the Rijal when, why do they make awrads and, and, uh, and wazifas? That, oh, come, come people, it's Laylatul Bara, we have to recite these things. These are the recitations. Then they have to email it to you. Then they have to fax it to you. Then they have to send it by text message to you. Then they have to put it on Facebook for you. And in the end you say, yeah, I didn't get it. Why do they do that? Why do they send you their awrads? Why do they send you an email that you don't open and you don't care to even say thank you back? You think they need that awrad? They, they need to send you the awrad? But they feel ashamed that if you didn't recite that on that holy night, what they're going to tell Prophet How you destroyed yourself again because you are your worst enemy. You have the desire to put yourself under the train and their whole life is about how to save you, send you your awrad, send you your wazifas, inspire you to contribute, inspire you to have a, a higher purpose than just yourself. If you can't see the difficulty coming, they can. And if you can't see the difficulty of the grave, they can, they have seen it. And if you can't see the blessings of sitting at the table of Sayyidina Muhammad they can. And they want that for everyone. They want Prophet to be happy with everyone, to achieve whatever they're achieving. Where Prophet this all hadith, you have to want for your brother what you want for yourself. There are walking examples of that. If they're going to do their awrad and they think there's a barakah and a blessing in those du'as, they want everybody to recite it. You don't want to do it, don't do it, who cares? But they want the same goodness. If they're going to get a, a najat from difficulty, they want everybody to have that najat and salvation. If they're going to pray, they encourage everybody to come and pray with them. Why so few people open up zawiyas? And there's so many people gathering all over the world, why doesn't one rise up? and say, I'm going to dedicate my life to make that zawiyah. And I don't care about working, Allah will feed me. Very few rijal stand up. There are, there are zikr places everywhere. They come for one night and they run for seven nights somewhere else. But that concept is what they want for us to understand. When you rise up, you begin to take care of your family. Here's the awrads, everybody try to recite. Here's the things we have to do. Get in the car, we have to go. This is a, a safety for us. If tomorrow you say you have cancer and tomorrow you say you broke your leg or your feet or something happened, who are you to blame? You didn't help your family. You didn't, you didn't do anything to save them, more or less your community. So it means why the Rijal do what they do is to save people so that they're not in difficulty. Their lives are not calamitous, they don't want to see any condition like that. That's the understanding. So when you see the shaykh in an image, it's not you seeing the darajat of the shaykh, it's a reflection of your station, what needs to be perfected, what character needs to be developed and how to understand that these are our tools and we're striving for that perfection. So when the testing comes and, and our life gives us an ability to interact with them, that's when you know your testing and your level of understanding.
you thought you were such a good darvish until you spent a few days of testing with them and you can't even complete anything that they ask you to do. There's something wrong and it doesn't have to say it one time, doesn't have to say it two times, doesn't have to say it three times, doesn't have to say it four times but you say it a hundred times but it shouldn't have been. It should have been said once. Allah, they hear the order and they are Samina Watana and it is done. The fact that they have to keep continuously saying it is again for the person to understand how big their nafs, how big their ego is that they hear it and still they'll do the opposite. Oh this, the shaykh said go left, that means for me it was a hidden code, I go right. They're crazy, they're clearly crazy. He said right, it's right. He said left, it's left. He said right, it's right. He said left is left because he's going to bring obedience. The oceans of obedience to tame the wildness that you heard it and you understood. Make your tafakkur to understand why he's telling you to do what he's telling you to do because wildness is coming out. Don't let that wildness show to people, you'll achieve nothing here if you're going to be wild. This is not the, the zoo, this is the uh, training facility to reach Allah's heavenly kingdom, kingdom, palaces, thrones, royal people. If the school for the barn is somewhere else where they're all haywan, all wild, you hang out amongst those haywans, <laughs> that's something different. But the heavenly kingdom must have a different type of training. Subhana rabbika rabbizzatama yasifoon wa salaamun al mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa hurmati Muhammad al Mustafa wa bisiri Surat al Fatiha. Sidna al Nabi, Sidna al Nabi, Sidna al Nabi. Sidna al Nabi, Sidna al Nabi.